Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. We'll get started. So, hey guys, welcome back to Crazy Juicy Love. I have a real special guest, the creator of the organization um, I Am From Driftwood. This is Nathan. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, I'm just so excited to be here. Like I, I met you through Jason at, you know, G, I think it's the GNLCC, one of your uh, uh, organizations, and then just, just ran into you and then came to your events at um, therapy, I think. No, no, where was it? Industry. Industry, yes, yes. Yeah. So a lot of people, do, I'm just for the audience, tell, tell us what um, I Am Driftwood is and how did you start it and, and what's its purpose? Yeah, so I'm from Driftwood uh, and March is gonna be our 11 year anniversary, which is very exciting. Um, and it's it's essentially a, a LGBTQ storytelling nonprofit organization. So what we do is um, we sit with people and coach them in how to tell a story, uh, what a story is, you know, a beginning, middle, and an end with a conflict and a resolution. And uh, then we film them telling me their story or telling one of our producers their story. And we edit it and publish a new one every Wednesday. So it's this ongoing, uh, growing archive wow. of uh, first-person LGBTQ stories. So, and we really, you know, when people first hear, oh, an LGBTQ story, they immediately think of a coming-out story. But uh, what we try to do is uh, encourage people to share different stories than their coming-out story because there's so much more to being uh, LGBTQ than that one moment in your life where you come out to someone. Uh, so, right. you know, the stories <laughs> really reflect uh, what we call like the full spectrum of uh, being LGBTQ. So, you know, this, like just yesterday, we shared a story about somebody who is uh, undocumented, but really wanted to work in uh, in a way to serve his community here in America, in Texas, because uh, it's the only life that he's ever known. And, you know, he's, he's always had this desire and drive and, and calling to serve. So, uh, but all these doors kept being slammed in his face because he wasn't a, uh, a legal resident or a citizen. So, uh, he was working with uh, the Austin Police Department and, you know, they told him, you know, this position opened up, but uh, he couldn't apply for it because he didn't have permanent uh, residency. Mm-hmm. So uh, what they did was find a position that that he could serve, you know, so he couldn't be a, a sworn officer, but he um, was able to become this the LGBTQ liaison between the Austin Police Department and the LGBTQ community. So it was this really great story, you know, that... Um, really just shows you know if you have a, a drive or, or calling to serve uh, there are ways to do that uh, no matter what challenges you have to overcome but so that's just one example of you know when we say we collect lgbtq stories it's not mm-hmm. just coming out stories so awesome. yeah so we um sorry i went on a little tangent there about the that's specific okay. story but <laughs> Yeah, so March is going to be our 11-year anniversary, and um, I thought of the idea in 2008 uh, after watching the film Milk, which was about Harvey Milk, the first yeah. openly gay elected official in San Francisco, 
and you know the movie was just really wonderful if no one has if, if you haven't seen it um definitely watch it and and funny enough i've only seen it once like i've, I've got to go back and, and re-watch it but uh after watching the film the next morning i kept thinking about this photograph of harvey milk and in the photograph he's in a san francisco pride march and he's sitting on the hood of a car holding this this giant placard that reads uh, i'm from woodmere new york and what struck me about that is that you know everyone associates harvey milk with san francisco this big queer mecca where you know it's okay to be gay and you know it's like this 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 bubble of acceptance and you know or perceived that way and uh but what that sign meant to me is that even harvey milk he's not from there he's not from san francisco he's from this town that most people have never heard of hmm. and i really you know that that sign and that meaning really resonated with me because uh, i lived in new york at the time and i was like i'm not from here i'm not from you know this awesome city i'm from this tiny town that no one's ever heard of called driftwood texas and you know so i it what that meant to me is that you're not alone no matter where you are or what you're going through and i wanted to get that message out there through storytelling so um you know it just like struck me like a, a lightning bolt and i was like this is what i want to do i want to you know collect stories and share them with that that purpose and message and at the time i was working in advertising i was a copywriter and uh i was like i'm never gonna have time to do this you know or it's it's a very demanding you know time time consuming job yeah and i you know i was just starting my career so it was just working all the time and um so i saw milk on a wednesday i thought of the idea uh, thursday morning and friday i went into my job and i was laid off so it oh, wow. really felt like i was like oh my god okay this is you know it was scary this was the height of the recession you know so there was little hope uh, to get another job right away and uh, this is December uh, 2018, I think, was the, the month with the most job losses in the recession. Maybe it was January 2019, but I'm mm. oh, sorry, 2008, 2009, not from like a decade off. Decade off. But um, <laughs> yeah, so then I just put everything I had into it and, you know, all with so much help from my friends who helped me build the website and design, you know, do the graphic design and uh, some other friends wrote stories that I could launch the website with and you know it three months later it, it just took three months to launch it and it's just been growing ever since so and now we're an official it started just as a website and now we're an official you know 501c3 nonprofit. Wow. so well congratulations on 11 years i yeah, mean i can't believe it i go off a little bit what i sent you i'm just curious like you know after being laid off that must took a lot of courage to really just throw yourself in there full time i'm just like curious of like what a tip because me as me as an entrepreneur as well like a, you know i'm a coach just like you know taking those steps to making to creating what you want to come true so like you know <laughs> talk to me about like what it took for you to like really okay you got laid off your home what am i going to do like what steps and what like what kept you going and what steps did you take to like really make this your full-time you know um organization um, it was really, it was, there's, there's a little more to the story, which was, um, you know, I was, I had volunteered for the o Obama campaign that year, like went to Pennsylvania and knocked mm -hmm. on doors, which was very, I, every knock on the door, my heart was pounding. I hated it, <laughs> Why? hated it, hated it, hated it. Cause I hate, I'm just like, 
you know, are they going to argue with me? Like, like just uh, getting face to face, telling people to vote a certain way. I'm just like, it just was really uncomfortable. But I, I really had this big uh, fire in my belly to, to want to make a difference. And, you know, this was eight years after George W. Bush, but, you know, I'm also from Texas. So it was really felt like my entire life of a George Bush in some sort of executive position <laughs> over me in some way. And you know, just one let down after the next. And, you know, marriage equality was a big issue in 2004, you know, and everyone, you know, if you look at the chart of support for marriage equality, it went down in 2004. It was the only time that it went down. And it was because we had, you know, our government um, rallying against gay people. So, uh, and it worked, you know, he won re-election. So, um, you know, so it was, this was like a cloud hanging over me for, as long as I can remember. And, you know, Barack Obama just meant so much as he did, obviously so many people just, was this like, you know, ray of hope and light. And uh, yeah. I was like, I can't just sit on the sidelines. I have to get involved. I have to do something. I have to make sure that, that this happens. And uh, so I, I this, that was, that's the perspective in which I was living my life at, at that time. And of wanting to be involved and wanting to do something. And at the same time, this is my fourth year working in advertising. So, so I had that, I had that, that passion side of me going on. And after, you know, I went to college to get an advertising degree, was working my way up uh, in my career in advertising for four years. So I had enough time uh, to, to see what that world was like. And I really loved the advertising, um, the world of advertising, like the mm. creative process, you you work with so many cool and, and interesting and fun people like directors and filmmakers and photographers and art directors. And, you know, it's, you get to travel to go on these, sh like it's a, a really great career. And, but, you know, four years was enough to kind of like get a, a real feel for it. And at that time I was like, man, we work really hard on creating these ads, but you know, People hate ads and they like they're, they're muted, they're swiped past, they're, you know, turned away from. And so there was that. But also at the end of the day, if I was successful in what I was doing, it meant that some like we're selling more products that no one needs. I just didn't buy into yeah. this whole like, you know, I worked on and, and again it I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I love the process. Like we gotta work on some awesome clients which are just garbage products, you know? Like the client was awesome, the ads are great, but the product itself is like, who needs this like sugar-filled sports drink? Like no one, it's causing harm. And you know, so, and, and that's it. Everyone who works in advertising has that predicament, you know, it's yeah. just, that's nothing new. It's, you know, you're gonna create some funny, creative, uh, good ads and for what? You know, so that's that's the general advertising dilemma. Mm -hmm. um, it's great because you get you get to do art for a living and get paid for it. Um, it's bad because it's not for you. It's for someone else. And, you know, so success to me at that time was selling junk that no one needs and enjoying the process and having this kind of like not guilty feeling for it, but just like, what am I doing feeling for it? So yeah. so those are the two the two paths that I was on uh, psychologically and mentally was I've got to get out and do stuff and also like love my job, but I, I need something a little, I need more, I need something more. So then the election, you know, election day happened, obviously um, Obama won, but the same night Prop 8 passed in California. And which means that yeah. uh, people couldn't, people in California who were able to get married before, couldn't get married anymore, gay people. And 
I, it was just a, you know, one of my friends posted on, on Facebook. It was like, it was the, the turd and the punch bowl, you know, like we had, we got Obama. <laughs> we were all so excited. Like, you know, we're so happy and like, wow, we did it. But why did California do that? You know? And it, it just, it, I was just like, how did this happen? Like under our watch, how did this happen under hmm. like in this day and age, like how did in California, how did the voters decide to overturn marriage equality? You know? And I was like, so then I was, you know, fired up and I was like, okay, we have to do something. So my friends and I actually met over coffee and we're like, what can we do? What, you know, what could we have done? What can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? And so this was all kind of, you know, I kind of look at it as those are ingredients that were being thrown into a stew, you know, and it was just all cooking. And I, I was just like looking for something to sink, sink my teeth into and to really put all my energy and efforts into it. And then I went to, uh, you know, the election was early November. And then for Thanksgiving, a friend and I um, went to Australia and it was really just perfect timing because it was after the election. It was when all this stuff was in my head. And then I got away from everything and just, you know, my mind was calm. And the, I think it was two days after coming back from that vacation um, is when I saw milk. So everything was just like, you know, so it all happened because I was, I had a, a, a deep passion and, and drive to do something good mm -hmm. and for the community. And uh, so there was that, but I, I didn't have a place to direct it yet. So I then I was like in this incubation period of like, okay, it needs to be something for the queer community. It needs to be something this. And then all of a sudden I just went to this, you know, place where my mind was calm and quiet. And I think, and it was all an accident. Like I didn't, I didn't, hmm, what are the five stages that I need for, <laughs> you know, it was just like dumb luck really. But, um, you know, I think I, I contributed all to that in conversations I had with friends before I even thought of the idea. And just, you know, it all, you know, I remember, I remember the, the Christmas before my mom was like, how's your new job? And I was like, oh, it's awesome. Like I'm finally paid well and I get to travel for work. And you know, these, these are my clients now. And said all the stuff that was really great about my last job. And as my mom is, is known to do, she was like, well, how is it really? And I was like, ah, oh, like, <laughs> mom, I just told you how great it was. You know, how, how can you see through all that? And, you know, so that, you know, I told her everything I just told you. And, uh, but yeah, so it was all that together, but I, I, and now I feel like I'm rambling again, but I, I think you asked me, how did I like focus on it through job loss and, and living on unemployment and, you know, not being able to pay my, you know, right. I basically, unemployment basically paid my rent and, and my bills. And then for like groceries, I would have to use a credit card. So I was like slowly adding things to my, you know, I was living in New York and unemployment you know, I went from a, a salary to unemployment and it was, yeah, it was, it was, everything was completely flipped. I, I had it all except purpose and then it switched and then I had purpose, but I didn't have anything. Like I didn't have money. I didn't have anything. Right. And, uh, and I had, I was never so driven or happy and like to live a, uh, I'm, this is like such an Instagram meme inspiration post <laughs> or whatever, but like, living that like purpose filled life is like, there's nothing like it. Like no, right. it just, if you find your focus and you're like, this is what I'm doing. Like everything else just falls to the wayside. And, um, and there's nothing better than that. And, yeah. but wow. I will say when you have that, it, it doesn't last forever. And 
So whenever you have that drive and that fire, lean into it 100% because that's when you're going to work the hardest you've ever worked and be the most creative and use the most resources and you know build the best relationships and connections and collaborations yeah. everything is like 100% there and it won't last it's like it's like a, a, a adrenaline you know like you get this pump of adrenaline a, a adrenaline and you've got to you know use it to your advantage because it will wear down on you soon enough and when it does like you will you'll have to make sure that you did the most you could with that yeah. a purpose adrenaline or whatever yeah, you want to I mean, call it I really love what you're saying like really leading into that purpose because most of the time you know fear really stops us <laughs> from really going into for what we, what we want especially I mean you know with my friends especially with my friends who are in the gay and lesbian community who don't lean I, and I see what's been stopping them all the time and I want to say something but I just don't say it because like you know when I'm a coach like people like kind of you know like don't coach me like but you just want to tell them just to lean into that purpose that fear and just do it anyway um but yeah I really love that you said that I, and I'm curious like you know um <clears throat> now you talk about on your website it's like you, you uh how we need to learn more about our community and what's important in our community and all the obstacles. And there's not a lot of platforms, at least before I discovered something like what you have, or at least now, but years ago, there wasn't a lot of like good movies or good content or anything about uh, gay and lesbian stories. So I'm just curious of like, like how these stories that you've been collecting over the years, like how has they changed you? Like what have you learned from the people you've been coming in contact with? Um, yeah, I think that it, that's a good question because it's kind of two things have been happening with me personally, as I've been listening to all these stories. And one is, um, I learned so intimately and personally about the lives of LGBTQ people that I look back <clears throat> to what I knew 10 years ago and. You know, you, you can learn a lot just through social media and learning and watching and being part of the community and yeah. going out and going to events and, you know, being of the community, you learn a whole lot. And, you know, but we, we've always looked at I'm From Driftwood as a stage for people to share their stories. And so while we curate and we coach people on how to tell stories and, you know, help them think of a story, it's their stage, it's their story, it's, mm -hmm. it's all that stuff. So, um and, and also we want to make sure, we've always tried very hard to make sure that the, the people on that stage looks like the queer community. You know, there was, um, so it, it has to be, you know, different ages and races and like, it has to actually represent the queer community. And yeah. which means like represent the, the diversity of the world. So, um, and also on top of that, it needs to represent the diversity of types of stories. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we need immigration stories. We need homelessness stories. We, you know, it's, it's not just like, it's not just about demographics. It's about the themes of the story. So, um, and in doing that, I, back to how this has affected me personally, it has just, it kind of adds these experiences and, and connections to personal connections to a, a statistic or a, a headline or whatever it's like oh okay so so you know we hear that that lgbtq immigrants face different struggles than other immigrants 
is that okay i get that i feel that i i understand i i can wrap my head around that yeah but until <clears throat> i'm sitting there and somebody is opening up their person their heart and their personal story to me about that now when i see those headlines or those titles or those statistics i think of christian or i think of this other person or i think you know i yeah. think of these people that i have personally met and so through that i yeah i've i i've met so many people who you know we have you know i think about 700 stories on the site video stories on the uh site now and it's they've all shared something so personal with me and essentially they're strangers you know a lot of them i yeah. i never see again you know i get their story and i move on and they go on with their lives and i go on with mine and you know but i i their 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 journey is a part of my journey and and yeah. their life becomes part of mine and and i i you know i again i'm probably going to say a lot of cheesy things but but they they are with me you know as i go along in my life because you know we had that connection and yeah. i feel like i'm i'm you know carrying their story with me um so whenever i you know it's changed my perception of like news and yeah. uh conversations and because now i i imagine the people who i've sat across and like looked in their eyes as they're telling me this personal story uh you know i've known them for a total you know including phone calls meetings and then the actual filming of the story you know like 3 hours you know that's it that's how much mm-hmm. i know them but i i they shared something real with me and um i can't help but take that carry that with me is there um, one particular story that has stood out for you that kind of just stuck with you and just just help you keep going or drive or you know change your perspective on love or anything like that um I not one specific story but a a type of story and it is um elder trans stories and the reason I think is because we have people who are in their 50s and 60s today who are transgender and we we have even lived in a time where that definition that word didn't wasn't uh, didn't yeah. really exist yeah. and you know so we have I hear stories from them and you know they're like yeah I was I just called myself a drag queen you know and, and I was like ah oh, that's so not what you are or they would tell me like that's obviously now in today's world we we very much know the difference you know right. but to to go through something without even having the vocabulary to define who you are and what you are and as a as a person as such an integral important part of uh, what makes a person a person uh I just I couldn't imagine it in the way that they share those stories of navigating that you know and mm-hmm. searching for that is just yeah so you know it, those are i would say my favorite group of stories not just because of how much it is like a history lesson it's like a, a you know a story of struggle but yeah. like here they are telling me their story is like you know in their 60s like they made it so like they're telling me these stories and i'm just I know the ending like you made it you know so, <laughs> so you, there's like a sense of happiness even though there's stories of struggle and it yeah so I I any yeah I would say that that category or group Yeah and it's favorite. interesting you brought up the trans you know community because it's like you know <laughs> now a community that was just so quote unquote under the rock and now it's like more like you know TV shows like Pose and and those actors are getting more and more noticeable and like you know um I forgot which one of the months she's on the cover of 
with Calvin Klein and all that other stuff like that. Just like, you know, those stories are coming more and more, just becoming common knowledge or common um, conversations, not like this taboo thing. And um, yep. and one in particular story I was watching the other day with the, um, the trans um, boy, Michael, and, you know, and I was just like listening to his story and I was like, God, I wish I had a mother like that. That was, you know, growing up that was intuitive of like, I'm sure she knew I was gay, but, you know, just, you know, so accepting. And so when she called, you know, um, Michael, her son, like it really hit, you know, him and saying like, oh, you know, I can stop surviving. I can start living now. Like, this is who I am. This is my truth. And like, God, I, you know, I just like listening to that and I was like, God, I wish... You know, I mean, I'm great now, but um, but as a kid growing up, like, you know, having your parent or the adults around you, like, I see you and and I see you and who you are is good with me. You're okay. Like, just so much wonders with a child that is growing up and know who, especially in a both gay and, gay and trans community, um, it just been it would have been such a different world for as an individual growing up as an adult absolutely yeah i think um you're referring to matthew's story that i think we published last week and yeah yeah it, it, it's that and who knows if his like his mom gets so much credit and who knows if she would have even known about this you know, or yeah. actually we do know she wouldn't have known about this if it was 20 years earlier or even 10 years earlier, you know? Yeah. So it's, it really shows the value and importance of uh, media representation and, you know, like seeing people like you and understanding that there are people like you in the media. And, you know, it's, of course we hear it all the time. And it's like, Oh, just, you know, why do you have to go, you know, tell everyone about who you have sex with? And it's like, because if we don't, then like we, we're not included and there's no, there's no reference for anyone. And there's like you know, <laughs> right. all the obvious reasons, but yeah, it's, it's, that's a direct result of media representation and um, raising awareness of all the different kinds of people there are in the world. And that sounds so lofty and broad, but it's, it's always been a really integral and urgent part of progress yeah i'm curious like what a what are what is one story that you heard that you learned about like love like deep love or mm. true love um there was a story that we so back in 2010 we did a 50 state story tour so we mm. actually went to i wanted to make sure that the stories were represented uh with uh, like diverse geography so not just in filming people in new york city or philadelphia but you know from the whole point is that like i'm from driftwood texas like gay people are everywhere and not just the <laughs> you know, major cities so, right. so i wanted to like really get out there and and make a point of that so uh we bought a van and like drove to all 50 states or you know flew to alaska and hawaii and it was a four-month tour and it was you know the most difficult wow. and rewarding and incredible once-in-a-lifetime experiences that I'll ever have. But um, we were in uh, going through Phoenix, Arizona, and we ended up, uh, we would stay with people. People would open up their homes for us. And it was me, my brother was a driver, and uh, Marquise, my colleague who filmed and 
edited the stories. And so we would, you know, we had volunteers in New York call ahead to try to help us find places to stay. So um, her name is Desiree and she was in New York helping us find places to stay. And she found us a place in Phoenix called Hope House. And what it is is a place for uh, trans people who are either like their partners will break up with them because they find out that they're trans or, you know, they, they have like a temporary need for assistance, like a housing assistance. So Hope House is a place that has like, I think there were like five rooms. So it's not huge. It was just like a house in a suburban neighborhood. <laughs> and they would go stay there for anywhere from a week to three months. And so when we were there, we sat in around like a, in a semicircle and went around and got people's stories. And one of the the owners of the house, um, I'm blanking on their name, but they, one was a, a cis woman and one is a, a trans man and they're, they're a couple. And they were talking about how they met. Like, so their story was a love story. And uh, she said, she started laughing and she was like, well, we met through, uh, I think it was like mash.com or some online dating site. And she was laughing and she was like, well, my, I always imagined ever since I was a little girl that I would grow up and uh, marry a black man. Like she had this whole image of like her life and her partner, like like what he looks like and you know, how he is and what he likes and like this whole like visual idea of what her love life looks like. And now she's married to a uh, white trans guy. And it was just, like their story was just a you know and and they're they're doing this amazing work together you know with hope house and um so it, it just you know for me it, it was like you never know what it's going to look like you never know what your love life will be or what your yeah. lover will be or you know and in that same group uh there was another couple it was a, a cis woman and a trans woman and they were married as um the, the uh, trans woman was still presenting as male and had not come out as trans and, you know, wasn't really accepting that she was trans, so closeted trans. And mm -hmm. so married is like husband and wife. And um, then, you know, had a sort of a, a breakdown or, or, you know, moment of, of awareness and came out as trans and, and they're still together. And they talked about that journey and that process. And wow. so... You know, and, and they, they were very honest and open and, you know, they, in the story, they said, you know, it is a process, it is a process, it is a process. Like, you know, there was no, like, we did it, you know, check it off, accomplished, like, we're done. You know, it's, it takes work every day and, and a ton of communication and honesty and openness. And, you know, so those, those two stories about love were, you know, filmed within 10 minutes of each other. And it just, you know, for, and we have plenty of stories where, uh, people are married and then somebody comes out as trans and they, they, something terrible happens or they break up, you know, it doesn't always end and nor should it always end and stay together um, based on the circumstance. But um, yeah, it just, it shows that like, yeah, th that just stood out is, you know, really like love stories that I, I wow. remember and were really powerful. Wow. I'm curious, like, you know, you know, with those stories, I think a lot of people can really learn from each and every one of these videos, you know, what is like, you know, when people, especially in the gay and lesbian community, like, what is something you hope that compared to what you're learning from these people now, 
to what's out there in the world, like what do you hope like gay and lesbian community or people, anybody who comes to your site and watch these videos, like what you, do you hope to like inspire, to instill? And what do you, what do you see that we still need to grow as a community? Um, oh, that's a, that's a big question. Uh, the, I think <laughs> that, um, I think what I hope people learn when they come to our site or YouTube channel and just watch these stories of, of individuals is just how, and again, I, I hate doing this. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. One is like how similar we all are and the other yeah. is how different we all are. And we're similar in that we all have our own unique like we're similar in that we are all different you know like we all have our own stories and our own struggles and yeah. our own um journeys that we are currently on and what's important to one person it like it actually that makes me think of a story when i first launched the website it was probably the first week or second week and we started getting all these stories and we started just written stories before we started the video stories and i had pretty simple guidelines which was a, a character limit so it couldn't be too long and it had to be a story so it couldn't be a rant it couldn't be a journal entry it had to be you know follow a story structure so um and that was essentially it you know so uh i received a story and i read it and i was like i just i just didn't i didn't think it was good and <laughs> I was very protective of it. It was also early on, so I really wanted it to be, like every story to be great, you know? So I was very, I guess, insecure with uh, the website at the time. So I wanted everything to be perfect and everything to be really great. So I was like, I just don't, I don't think this reflects the quality of stories on I'm From Driftwood. And I, I understand what that sounds like now, but that, that's where I was coming <laughs> from. Yeah. And uh so I started drafting an email to the, the author and I was, I couldn't even articulate why I wouldn't publish their story because I, they followed the guidelines and there were the guidelines that I wrote. So what business did I have saying, saying that you, sorry, it's not good enough. So I, I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to publish the story and you know, I'll publish another one soon after. So it'll like be buried under content. <laughs> so, so I, I, I published it and within you know 10 minutes probably there was a comment on that story and it said this is the best story that i've read on the site and i was like oh my god like what was the story what that meant but i don't even remember what the story was <laughs> but what that what that taught me is that just because something isn't you know good you know to me or meaningful to me or leaves an impact on me it doesn't mean that it won't for someone else and it so that really taught me that, you know, this isn't, I'm from Driftwood isn't about me and Nathan's opinions or what inspires me. It's, you know, going back to that stage. This is a stage for people to share their stories. And I have no, like, I, I only have my life and my experiences and my journey, you know? And so what inspires me is gonna be completely different than what inspires you because mm -hmm. of your, you know, life and, and journey. So what that taught me is that every single story is important. And what we need to do, our job is to make sure that every story is a story, you know, it's curated, it's well told, it's, you know, it is an actual story. But, uh, you know, it, it also taught me the value and importance of sharing stories. And yeah. I, 
I felt that I, I kind of knew that already, I guess, because I started this thing, but it, it really showed that, you know, every story is valuable. Um, your story is important to share. Uh, and there's, you know, no one is, is, no one can say that your story is not important because it is for someone. Like your story is exactly what someone out there needs to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. And I, that was I, a, yeah, I really love that. Cause it, you know, it, what comes up to my mind is like, you know, I've got also seen Milk and then I just remember those images, you know, him by the record shop and then in that, you know, I think uh, all I could honestly, the strongest memory I, I, I remember the movie is him being shot in that hallway. And then that quote you, I think you have on your website, I'm not sure if you know, but I didn't really realize that he had these last minutes, say he knew that he was going to be assassinated and he had these like, um, last this last minute tape just in case when he if he gets killed um you can you can play this thing and that, like you know and he was saying i think you have it on your website it's like you know if you're gay come on out come on out don't lie don't like break down the myths break destroy those um those lies that people say about us and that's like really what these stories for me that i'm getting like really like humanizing you know, um, trans, um, gay and lesbian people, because like, we're just like everybody else. We have our own stories. We have our own things to share. And two, like what, another story about the, um, the redheaded cat, I don't remember his name. Um, his brother, um, committed suicide because his, uh, dorm, his, uh, roommate thought it would be funny to, uh, stream um, and I was just like oh my god like that I, yeah. I, in my mind I'm just like what would I do you know if that was was me you know what I mean and um, just like you know like bullying is just that that reminded me of like bullying and how like that is not okay like you know we need to have these more conversations about bullying and i think i forgot which state now just passed a law like you if a child is bullying like you know the parents can be you know suffer consequences as well so it's like i really like these stories are so important for anyone gay or straight to like really look at the effects of things like bullying that can happen on an individual yep yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think you were talking about uh, James Clementi. Um, his brother, Tyler Clementi, was the one who yeah. um, who died. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to keep you too long, uh, but thank you so much for being here. Um, I do have like a couple of little questions to ask everybody before I, I let them go. So uh, what does a life of love mean to you? Oh, um... Hmm. A life of love. Um, you know, I think it's being, I think it's finding the, the, the ability with those around you. And, you know, if, if let's just use like a, a, a couple as an example, like if, if, or friends or whatever, you know, like, 
or family member in anything like if you're just honest with people and it's the hardest thing in the world is to be honest with about your feelings and communicate those and but if you can then you're going to live a life of love if you can actually say what's on your mind and uh you know communicate those feelings and not be worried about uh, or be worried about it but overcome that that worry of what they're gonna think or like oh like why are you you know just just and it's something that i, I struggle with very much is like communicating my feelings and uh so i'm so i i imagine that 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 to me would be a life of love if i could actually conquer that that uh right that challenge you know so yeah and if you could do that with anyone or everyone it's like you're you're going to have strong and good relationships because it's you know you're living a life of honesty with each other and you know not just like you know live your truth because that's you know that's only that's one mind that's one-sided but mm -hmm. living an honest life with other people is um i think that would lead to a, a life of love yeah yeah and how do you get out of your own way oh man <laughs> i don't i by oh man i'm i'm I don't think I, I just, I, I, <laughs> and you know, a lot of people say like, I am my own worst critic and, and that is so, <laughs> so true. And I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, I, 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 I'm, I don't, so I don't know that. I don't know how to tell you what I do. Uh, I, um, yeah, I think that I am hardest on myself and but because of that i am stronger now and better now than i have been in the past because i i am constantly thinking of like what what did i do wrong or how can i improve and so it's i don't i don't want to get out of my own way i want to i want to provide a a, a some friction or some push or you know if i you know, I want to kind of stand in my way a little bit to where I have some sort of, like I'm with myself more than anyone else. So, you know, I need some, some conflict and some pushing back and that's how you get stronger. And, you know, I think questioning myself and doubting myself and while that is stressful sometimes, it also helps me overcome things before they actually happen in real life, you know? So yeah. it's, I, I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> I, I love me, I love myself and I, I, you know, it, it, I don't want, I, I want to be comfortably in my own way a little bit because <laughs> I know myself so well. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't get out of my own way, my own way. I, I figure out a way to have a friendly rivalry with myself as I'm trying to move forward. If, I like that. <laughs> I don't know if any of that made sense. But <laughs> yeah. okay. I don't want me to get out of my way. I, I want me to be there with me. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Sounding like I have multiple personalities. <laughs> but, <you know>. yeah. <laughs> and what does a juicy love life look like to you? Oh, uh, oh man. I just... I really hope one day in my life I'll be able to communicate better. And if, you know, should I ever find a partner? I've been single for so long that it's, uh, I, 
you know, sometimes if, if you're dating someone and my favorite question when someone asks, they're like, hey, can I ask you something serious or personal? I'm like, yes, like we're going to get somewhere. Like we're going <laughs> to like we're going to get some like some real conversation here. And like they're going to, you know, I, I love that anytime someone asks me that and I never have the courage to bring any anything up like that. So if anyone ever asks me a question like that, I'm, I'm just like there for it. And um, I just hope that I, you know, so yeah, uh, 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 someone who a juicy love life is, is someone who just is unafraid to talk about anything and everything. And because mm-hmm. I'm not good at, at talking in relationships. And so it's someone who over talks and isn't afraid of bringing up anything. That's my ideal man (laughs) (laughs) someone who can just open up and and ask any question and you know bring up conversations that that i'm too cowardly to bring up yeah (laughs) (laughs) awesome and where can people find you online um anywhere basically my uh i mean instagram and facebook is 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 best for me um instagram is in Mansky, and then facebook is nathan just search for nathan Mansky, and you'll it should pop up and then for i'm from driftwood uh it's instagram that the handles i'm from driftwood all one word um and same with facebook just i'm from driftwood so and if you find me you'll find i'm from driftwood it's, okay <laughs> I don't let it, it, it's always close to me so awesome well i greatly appreciate you and what you're doing and all the stories that you've been sharing i'm definitely going to watch a couple more of those videos and share them and um i really appreciate all the things that you're doing for the community and sharing our stories thank you right well thanks a lot thanks for having me on yeah man hey guys thank you so much for listening to the crazy juicy love podcast if you like this podcast please don't forget to subscribe rate and leave a comment and if you really like this podcast please share it twitter instagram or on your web page thank you crazy juicy love